There are a lot of great therapists out there, I do have to say, and a lot of therapists are now using some of the tools that people like me, people like Amanda use with their clients. And so I think the capacity for getting more results from therapy is there more than it ever has been. But I know so many people that have been 20 years in therapy and are still constantly triggered on more medication than they've ever been. Like so many things, like none of these problems are getting solved. When I first started working with the coach, I didn't realize how much peeling of the onion back and how much I'm going to say damage had been done to me by things said and how it made me feel about myself and and see the world and see other people and remember her saying to me she's like how many shifts have you seen in the last five months compared to 28 years of armchair therapy hello and welcome to be the wolf i am your host Janea barnes Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Be the Wolf. I am super excited today. We are going to talk about all kinds of stuff. I'm here with Amanda Kirkland. We're going to touch on that idea that therapy maybe might not be the answer to solve the problems that you're having in your life. And I know we all do, like, Everybody is like, oh, you go to therapy and that somehow is going to magically make your life better. And it does help us understand a lot about who we are, maybe recognize some patterns. But the reality is for most people, that doesn't actually solve the problems just because we know we're terrible at names myself. <laughs> What's your name, Amanda? <laughs> just because we know we're doing something or we have a quality that we don't like doesn't necessarily make us be able to get rid of it. So I'm going to let Amanda tell us a little bit about what she does in the world Amanda, tell us what you do, who you are, all the things. Well, maybe not all the things. We'll save some of those for later. <laughs> I, I am an open book, pretty much. So, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for having me on. I'm mm -hmm. excited for our chat this afternoon. I am a personal growth coach. The clients I work with typically are women who are struggling with toxic and dysfunctional relationships be it in their family, in the workplace, with their friends. 
And I basically work with them and give them some tools that will, I guess, help them in their interactions with these difficult people to hopefully sort of change the dynamics or at least take the pressure off their anxiety when having to deal with them and basically start to lead a bit of a happier, less stressful, anxious life. I like the idea of happier, less stressful, or I'll say happier, calmer life. Now, somebody once said to me that so many people find their purpose in pain, and we'll dig into that, but I'm curious, and I know everybody else is curious, because why is it that people do what they do? Why is it that they have found this path to whatever career they're in? So what is it, why is it that you do what you do, that you help these people with navigating toxic relationships? Um. I first started working with a coach several years ago when I had a new business idea. I had a one career coming to an end. And part of that work that I wasn't anticipating was finding out what my purpose was. So I think it was a three-hour call during the first year of COVID lockdowns. I was bawling my eyes out. I was going through Kleenexes um, because she's like, what's your purpose? And I'm like, I don't have a fucking purpose. I thought it was kind of a religious, spiritual question. And I almost just like gave up. Like to me, I hadn't really thought of coaching. I hadn't thought of the fact that my journey and where I was at that moment could actually help people. Anyway, she pushed and pushed and pushed. And finally I said, I just fucking want people to be happy. And I'm like, I want to be happy. And everything just started falling into place after that. And I think what I realized is what I really, really want for other people is what I have now realized was so missing in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, support, knowing you're heard, knowing you're loved unconditionally, which is to me very, very important, worthy and deserving. And you know, to finally realize that at, in my mid-50s, that that's what I've been fighting for and, and, and wanting from other people. And I know we can't always get it from other people, but I was doing another podcast yesterday and we were having a conversation about, you know, I think people deserve happiness. Mm-hmm. I had somebody argue that with me the other day and uh, yesterday in the conversation, she's like, it's our God-given right, for lack of a better word. To be happy. Yeah, I was going to say, this is something like I put on on social media from time to time. I'm like, joy is your birthright. (laughs) Birthright. That was the word I was looking for. Right. We have this as human beings. We have these, you know, the gift of being human is that we can have this huge, wide range of emotional experiences And if you are, as as so many people are, are stuck in these places where everything just feels like a weight on your shoulder, everything feels heavy and hard, 
And it feels like to get any kind of joy, you've got to have four, well, I was going to say 14 drinks, but you won't even notice the joy then you'd be passed out. But a few drinks to be able to cut loose enough to forget about all of the stress and all that stuff that's just weighing on you. So as we think about where you are now, so you're a personal growth coach that helps people navigate toxic relationships so that they can be happy, which is a beautiful thing. What were you doing? You said you were at a career shift, a career change when you were working with this coach that helped you uncover your purpose. What were you doing before this? I was uh, a senior level executive in the real estate development industry. I'd been doing that for close to 30 years. I'd been working on a project for 20. It was coming to an end. It had been built out. And I did a bunch of research and tried to do some contracting consulting jobs in the same field. And I discovered that I was going to have to take a substantial pay cut to not have the same autonomy I had had for 20 years of, you know, managing a lot of somebody's business. It was a small company, but we did a lot and it was small staff. So I got my hands in all the pots, uh, loved what I did. And I got frustrated and I'm like, I don't want to be going backwards at 50 some odd years old, especially when I really had started to understand myself more and understand the dynamics of some of the dysfunctional relationships that had happened in my family, had happened at work, and then subsequently, you know, realized some of that with some friendships down the road. So I kind of had to decide whether to go right to follow what I'd been doing or do something completely different. And I came up with a concept of being a personal concierge. I like getting things done. I've done a, you know, I did a nine day demo reno on the townhouse I'm in currently, you know, setting up events, designing model suites, furnishing them. Anyway, I thought I could sort of take those skills and apply them to something else, which is why I started working with a coach. What I didn't realize is she was coaching people to become coaches. Mm. And I was going, oh, wow, you know, making five to 10 grand a month to start. What a great concept. And it just took me down a completely different road. I then went on to train with Avalon Empowerment and spent two years training with them. I have met some wonderful like-minded people and I just kept following the breadcrumbs. It was weird. I mean, I never in my life intentionally set out to do this. Hmm. So you know, the the universe works in mysterious ways. I'm not sure I was really a believer of it prior, but I look at some of the changes, especially in the last number, several years of my life, and everything has moved forward. The bags are unpacked. It's I got to start a new chapter. Someone great came into my life. I'm living with someone for the first time in all the years I've been on this earth, other than university roommates. <laughs> it's uh, things have changed. And what would you say having somebody in your life after so much, a long time and living with somebody, what would you would has this process of 
becoming the coach you are now made that possible? Absolutely. I, a hundred percent. I mean, and, and for not just the becoming a coach, the personal work and working, you know, because as you know, when we're working with coaches, we're learning skills, but we're also working on ourselves. Right. I mean, it's, it's an ongoing process. So had I not learned so many things about myself and, you know, about my upbringing and what went on in my family and, you know, really peeling back the onion, I wouldn't have understood that I was surrounded by so much toxicity that I was maybe attracting it, that I was approaching things the wrong way. And I think a lot of it has just softened, you know, Amanda, I used to get, you're, you're unapproachable. You look like you're miserable. I think I'm a bit sillier now and lighter and, and laugh a lot more. Funny how I remember I recently talked to somebody that met me many years ago before I went on this to, to this transformational workshop. And she was saying like, wow, you know, I see your posts. You look so great. You're like a totally different person. And I used to get, you're intimidating. And I was like, how? Because I could feel how I felt inside. I was so sensitive. I was struggling with all these emotions that I was keeping bottled up. But I was so caring and giving and all of these things that I felt inside that I was. I was like, how could people think I'm intimidating and mean? And I remember when there was, and, and I think a lot of people, a lot of really strong women who've had to do a lot for themselves and by themselves, I think can really relate to this is you get these comments like you're unapproachable. And it's just like when you know how sensitive and what you feel inside, it feels so confusing. Like people don't, don't get you. I, we all have our love languages, so to speak. And, you know, giving is one of mine and I like doing sort of thoughtful, spontaneous things, but it was never, I guess, appreciated. I was more accused of using that as an excuse not to do something else or not to go visit someone in person. I, I got up every morning and I didn't realize I was putting on a suit of armor ready to go to battle because someone wasn't listening or, and I don't mean that in a whiny way. It was just the egos I had to contend with and the personalities. And, you know, I have a strong personality in that sense. I was just going head to head and for the challenge all the time. Now, sure, does somebody, I'm going to say, trigger me and me want to go back to that old reaction? Of Sure, I'm human but I now have the awareness to realize that that person's behavior is, has come from somewhere else. It's come from the experiences they've had their version of the world, so to speak. And that's that's helped tremendously. You know, when you originally asked about, did a lot of this work help towards bringing this relationship into my life? I mean, I'm still at the, the core of that caring, loving person it's just softened me. And, you know, like you said, you've had people comment on your social media posts about how happy you look. I get the words happy now, light, cute. I mean, cute and Amanda, never. <laughs> together. never. And, 
um, I actually embrace that now. And it's, yeah. it's even weird having this conversation about these things. Cause it's, it's who I was. I'm, I'm able to now be who I was meant to be had I not had a lot of bumpy trials and tribulations along the journey. But if I hadn't had those, I also wouldn't be in the position to be able to help other women avoid yeah. the struggles that I did. And, you know, I like to say, not, I like to say, I feel like I lost about 30 years of my life struggling and having no idea what was going on. I mean, I went to armchair therapy, not knocking it because it got me through 20 some odd years, but I didn't get any tools. I never got to what the root of the problem was. And, but it was, part of the process. You said putting on the armor, right? The armor is for protection. And when you want to get close and you want to have relationships, and this is romantic, obviously, friendships, of course, and even in your job, because the way you get ahead, the way you create the kind of career that really lights you up, a lot of that is happens because of the relationships that you've built. And so if you're imagining the knights of the, the middle ages with all the armor and the, <laughs> the lance and <coughs> how are you going to connect with somebody? Like imagine trying to hug somebody in that armor, would they even feel you? And I know for me, I was so sensitive and trying to protect my own self from being hurt that I didn't let anybody actually feel me or connect with me. Like it was like, there was not even like, there's no skin to skin because we've got 18,000 layers of armor in between. And so, you know, that feeling, and I know so many people can relate to not feeling heard, not feeling seen. Well, if you're in this big, huge thing of armor, how can anyone see you? How can anyone hear you when you're talking through metal? <laughs> well, I was I was yelling louder and louder. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the the literal answer to what you were saying. But yeah, it's uh and it's funny because along the to follow up that theme when you take it off, you don't have to yell as loud anymore. Yeah. Everything just starts to to soften. Right. And as you know, it's, it's, it's everyday work. I mean, every day you encounter someone in a car, someone at the grocery store, we're the, um, we have a Canadian tire here, which is probably like your Lowe's or Home Depot uh -huh. in the States, I think. And we asked this kid this weekend where something was. And he's like, I don't know. I don't work here in this aisle. I'll call someone. Didn't even look us in the eye, put on the walkie talkie and then just kept walking away. And I was like, if I'd been a teenager working at Roots and I'd treated somebody like that, I would have been fired on the spot, mm. but was trying to take into account that this kid obviously is sad. I mean, his body language showed it. He's angry. He doesn't want to be there that stuff still gets under my skin, but I can also take a step back and, and maybe try figure out why the person is the way they are. Mm -hmm. 
And so when you think about the everyday interaction, because that's, that's the place where our lives happen. And we've got so many people, a situation like that, they might've taken it personally, right? It stirs up the triggers and people take it personally. And the go-to loop basically that starts in childhood is this person is treating me this way because they don't like me because I'm not good enough. And so what's happening is these circumstances, these things that push your buttons are triggering old stuff. And I think this is, it's a little heady for some people to be like, no, they're just da 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 And it's like, no, it's actually pushing buttons from your childhood self. Like the way you have a smell that takes you right back in time and you feel the feelings of being right there. And we have all, we've all had these moments where people have dismissed us, overlooked us, told us we're too much told us to be quiet, to pipe it down, hold it together, all of that stuff. And in those times when it comes from somebody you really love, it creates these places where we're just like, okay, what's wrong? Like something's wrong with me and these beliefs that something's wrong with me. And I know when you talk about going to therapy and trying to figure all that stuff out and it all my parents sent me because they did. They said something was wrong with me. I mean, yeah. that's why I went. <laughs> yeah. All of those things that people said to you so many times. I think it's something like if you hear something in a non-emotional state 400 times, you will believe it. If you hear it in an emotional state, you, it might just take once, once for you to completely and totally believe it. This is why y'all, this is why at like big rallies and stuff, you know, we've seen a lot of this in politics. People get you all hyped up with emotion and you're just like, you get all angry or upset and, and then they tell you the one thing they want you to know and boom, you believe it because your emotions are so heightened that it's just like that smell that loops you back. And so now every time that story comes up, it'll loop you, you back. Just and you just flash me back to like me being so emotional with my father on the phone one day and so despondent and distraught about, I was trying to basically say, can't you guys check with me once in a while and see if I happen to be free? I know I'm the single one, but, and he was so mad at me and told me I was making it all about me. And then he blurted out and said, you know, you weren't born with the proper coping skills. <laughs> and that was, and, and I was in a parking lot waiting, like late for a meeting. Right. And tears just like despondent because he wouldn't listen or, and, and that's what he turned around and said. Yeah. So when you were saying that, I was like, oh my God, you're right. Like if I think about my old boss too. Yeah. You know, we covered, say it, this translates into work. Like yeah, crazy. we covered for you, you wouldn't make it in a bigger organization or somewhere else that was said after I was extremely emotional and trying to plead my case about something. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of like when some of these people come at you, they get you at your weakest. 
and and it it hurts and you don't forget it. Well, and that's the thing too. We have these moments, these emotional moments, whether you're projecting and people know that you're emotional, we all know, well, most of us know what it's like to be feeling all this internal storm, but be perfectly like appearing calm. <laughs> you're probably but, better at that than I am. <laughs> I, I was really good at it. So for me, you were, it sounds like your way of, dealing with people not hearing you was to get louder. And for yeah. me, I got smaller and quieter and hit it. And I was, I mean, people had no idea if I was like fuming with anger because I was so, it was a survival mechanism for me. Yeah. And I, and I was the opposite. I was a complete open book. Yeah. For me, if I, had an emotion, if I argued, if I went against the gaslighting, it was dangerous. I was, it was physically dangerous for me. So I got really good at just holding it in, keeping it straight. I didn't even, uh, I didn't even express anger, I think until maybe five, eight, well, yeah, maybe five, seven years ago. And your body keeps score, right? As they oh, say, yeah. so that's a lot of pent up. Oh yeah, I've been moving emotions that have been trapped in my body out for years. And that's one of the things people don't realize. It's so important to learn how to process your emotions so that you can make good, positive decisions so that you can make the decisions that lead towards the things that you really want in life. So often we make decisions to get out of the way we're feeling now. So for me, it was stay safe, hold it all in. For you, it was yell louder and hear me. But both of those decisions, we were both in an emotional state. So we weren't making the best decisions that would support the future. And we, and we didn't know why we were doing what we were doing. And we didn't at the time probably even realize what we were yeah. doing. Well, and, and that's the thing. So going back to you started this coaching program after you were trying to switch and make a career shift, but what were you were working in real estate? And one of the things that I think is so common is People don't realize that they're, they know that things are hard. They know that they're working really hard to try to get ahead and try to make things happen, but they don't necessarily understand that they're having problems based on relationships that are happening around them or some of the stuff that you uncover when you go through a coaching program or start learning the tools to make things better. So you being in your previous career in the real estate industry, what were some of the things that you can see now in hindsight were happening that were really not great for you that were perpetuating these cycles? I don't believe that, and there could be arguments to the, to the opposite, but I don't believe anyone had my back. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of resentment 
because of the position I had. It was a male-dominated industry. I've always worked probably better with men than women. Now I think that's probably evened out because I now know the women I didn't work well with were reminiscent of some of my mother's characteristics. Mm -hmm. Can't go down that rabbit hole. Too many rabbit holes to go down. No one had my back. There were a lot of very fragile egos. There was a, a lot of narcissistic traits in some of the people I was working with. And my go-to was to try either sarcasm or kind of sometimes being lighthearted about it. That didn't work. Other times it was just, I'm going to say my way or the highway. I'm the client. You're this. And what I didn't realize is behind the behaviors of, I'm going to say some of the men were people that had stories of things that had happened to them and things people had said to them. And there's a reason one of them walks into the room and starts, you know, pounding his chest, like Mr. Big swinging. And, and I saw stuff like that and I just flipped one at it because I always felt like someone was trying to put me down. Right. And, you know, I was single female, no family support, like on my own and determined to do well. And I did do very well. You know, I was making great money when things finished and kind of had to start from scratch all over again. But like the place I'm in now, it's just emotionally free, like freedom and light and happy. So it just, you know, in the workplace, there were, you've got coworkers who are negative Nellies and Debbie Downers and not trustworthy. And my go-to was to try to like deal with stuff like that, like head on. And it ended up backfiring and it made me look like I was the one that had the problem with everybody. Mm. Um, And one of the things I've had to really let go of is expectations about other people's behavior yeah. Expectations that somebody's going to step in and say, Amanda, you're right. So and so, you shouldn't be doing this because that never happened. Um, and I think it's, I don't think the personalities would have changed, the situations would have changed. Like I said earlier, if I knew that it wasn't necessarily about me, that would have lightened my load. Yeah. And I, you know, if we can look at things like they say, you never really understand a person until we, you walk around in their shoes. We can only do that to a certain point because we're still only seeing it from our perspective. Right. But it still adds an element in there that most of us just go through life unaware of that stuff. And that's one of the things, as you know, that coaching, it makes you aware and then it, gives you ways to sort of understand things differently and reframe things. Yeah, when you can see things from a different perspective, I think one of the things, especially in jobs, because we're dealing with authority figures. So a lot of the stuff that 
might be in our patterned behavior in our initial programming, right? You made that comment earlier where your dad said that you just were basically born wrong. You didn't have these coping skills. But the thing is, is we learn all that stuff from our parents. So we learn how to cope and react and respond from our parents before we're even aware. We're just soaking it in as little kids. And then we go into the workplace and we have these authority figures that might push those buttons. And we, we take it so personally because we haven't been taught to put ourselves in other people's shoes, to look at it from a neutral perspective. Like I always use the look as a fly on the ceiling. You, what are you observing if you're a fly on the ceiling looking down? The, you know, you're not emotionally attached to any of it. So if you can look at it without the emotion, look at it from the other person's perspective. And of course we have no background on most people's no. experience and what might cause that. I remember an ex-boyfriend of mine was so jealous, like insanely jealous as one of my very non-healthy relationships in my early twenties. And, you know, I always chalked it up because he had a handful of his girlfriends cheat on him. And and I now know so much more about the mind that there's way more to that than the than just that. But by putting myself in his shoes, by realizing he had experienced that, his jealousy made more sense to me. Yeah, and I was able to deal with it longer. <laughs> but also, that <laughs> wasn't way, necessarily the best thing. But. <laughs> But I was able to see it from his perspective in a way, his insecurities. And so we all have these insecurities. And when we can choose to not take things personally, which is we're all we've all been told, don't take things personally. It's not about you. Like it's mm -hmm. been messaged like for a long time. But how do you how do you actually not take it personally? How do you not believe it's about you? You know, we're talking, like if we're talking in therapy forever, I remember to, I did 10 years of therapy and I talked about all these things outside of me, how it was everybody else's fault, why all these things were happening to me. This person was an asshole. This person was a jerk. And when it came down to it, it was my expectations, my hopes, my wanting them to be different than they were that was causing my pain and so the question is how do we not take it personally how do we actually for real accept that they are the way they are one of my mentors said and i think this is a buddhist thing it's you know the source of your suffering is wanting things to be different than they are and so if you can accept that people are the way they are, and that's just it, then yeah. you get a level of peace. Well, I've been asked a lot lately if I could give my the 16-year-old version of myself a piece of advice, and as is with the people I work with too. And it's, it's so simple, but you can't change other people. Mm -hmm. And accepting that and then 
starting to learn about things like generational trauma, or they did the best they could with the tools they had at the time. And that there's people like you and I, and hopefully some people listening and watching our conversation, whether it's today or in replays, that actually want to work on themselves. They want to be happier. They want to be surrounded by positive energy, good vibe stuff. And that there are others that are never going to change. They're never going to look inwardly. They're never going to acknowledge there may be, I hate saying there's something wrong with them, but sometimes there is something wrong (laughs) with people, but it's not necessarily their fault. It's a result of, like I said earlier, every experience they've had, everything that's ever been said to them. You know, I don't believe people are just, born bad or wrong or something. I mean, we all come into this world as these innocent little bundles of, you know, joy, (laughs) bundles Um, of joy, (laughs) bundles of joy. And then the world sinks their teeth in to us and takes away some of that innocence and joy. And granted it's life, but some people have shittier experiences than than others do. And I think you were sort of saying the same thing. Like I'm saying you can't change other people. It's like, you've just got to accept some people are the way they are. I've had to do that with certain people and walk away because I knew it was for me, like when I had to walk away from, you know, my parents and one sibling, I was making myself look crazy trying to explain things from my perspective and get them to change the way they thought about me. Right. To the point where my doctor got a letter one day saying they thought I was having on the verge of a mental breakdown and that I was divorcing myself from them and my sisters. And it was also because I was setting boundaries. I didn't know what boundaries were at the time, but, and I finally just went, I can't fight this anymore. I, I just have to, take care of myself and realize that I'm never going to be able to turn their version of me around. And in the day I accepted that and started moving forward on my own, things started changing dramatically. Yeah. Not immediately, but. It's such a huge place to let go of wanting things to be different than they are and having the strength to walk away. And, and here's one of the things that I think is really important in that is that we fight to be seen, to be heard, to be understood, right? Those are human needs and desires. And the reality is not everybody's going to see you, hear you, understand you. In yeah. fact, it's almost impossible for somebody to truly really understand you because you don't even, most people don't even understand themselves completely. Why did I react that way? I don't know. But wanting that fight to be heard and understood, you've got to look at what is that taking from you? What is the energy you're spending on that? We think about in a job, if you're fighting to get your ideas heard, to be recognized, to be appreciated, and these people are stepping on you, overlooking you, overlooking you, and you know, passing you over for raises, promotions, whatever it is. So you begin to look at you can't change them. 
So what do you do for yourself? How do you find peace for yourself instead of running yourself up against a wall over and over and over again? Yeah, I, that, you know, it, I remember the last building we were launching and I had renovated the sales office and done new model suites and we had a big, huge broker launch and no one had sort of seen all this going on. So all of a sudden it's like grand reveal and no one said anything. I put on this huge luncheon. I was, I mean, I took things very personal pride in them, which, you know, if I were ever to do that again, I think I'd take that step back and not take that possessiveness, so to speak. And I remember saying, what do you think? Like, did I do a good job? And it was like, are you happy with what you did? And I was like, taken aback. And the attitude was basically like, well, you're getting paid to do this. So what kind of praise or pat on the back do you need? And I would never manage anybody like that or treat anybody like that in my entire life. That's just not how I'm, I'm cut the cloth I'm cut from. But, you know, that's when I realized that as much as we all want external validation and, and we are going to get it. And some people do give it. There's no doubt about that. But we also have to take care of ourselves in that way. And I was so proud of what I did. And to try banish the conversation before that, it was hard to do because it really, really hurt. And I had to keep reminding myself, you did good. Like you did a great job. And the key, I think, is that to get to that place where that's enough, where you it's still hard sometimes. <laughs> don't need to get that external validation. Yeah. I, I know for me, I've peeled back layer after layer after layer. And, and it's so much about what I teach my clients to do so that they can get to that point where you finish it. And you're like, fuck yes, I did awesome. And even if nobody says a thing, if you get no external validation, you still are filled with that joy and pride of accomplishment. It took me a long time to get here. And it's, yeah, it rarely, I still every once in a while, if it's like I've been trying and failing, trying and failing and trying and failing and nothing's working, I'll get upset. But if I finish something and I'm proud of what I did, then it, it gets to the point where it's like, it doesn't really matter what anybody says. And if it doesn't work, what like, all right, says. we try again. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to get here. And it took me... I don't even know how many different programs where I taught and learned and then started coalescing all of the different things that I learned, making new systems, new things. And, but it's the challenge, right? To get to that place where we each, we cannot take things personally, where it's our self-validation that matters. Mm-hmm. And that we get to look externally for feedback so we can get better, not because we need it to feel good about ourselves. 
Yeah. No, great points. Yeah. And that's, I feel like where we really, you really get to start to create the life that you want when you can get to that place. And it's, it's a road. And it's it's a journey. That's for sure. And there are a lot of great therapists out there. I do have to say, and a lot of therapists are now using some of the tools that people like me and people like Amanda use with their clients. And so I think the capacity for getting more results from therapy is there more than it ever has been. But I know so many people that have been 20 years in therapy and are still constantly triggered on more medication than they've ever been. Like so many things, like none of these problems are getting solved. When I first started working with the coach, I didn't realize how much peeling of the onion back and how much I'm going to say damage had been done to me by things said and how it made me feel about myself and and see the world and see other people and remember her saying to me she's like how many shifts have you seen in the last five months compared to 28 years of armchair therapy and I was like and 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 as you've said I think it's changed a lot today and and whether it's a psychologist or a psychiatrist, they are using different tools, but it's, it's addressing the root of the problem, not what yeah. in coach speak, we say the presenting problem. I still have to once in a while get rid of the limiting belief about people not liking me because mm-hmm. that's just ingrained in me. And when that happens, I have to realize that, okay, so how is this a problem? Why is it a problem? And when I start delving deeper into that, it it turns out that it might have nothing to do with me. It has to do with that neighbor walking down the street who is just miserable. And I haven't done anything wrong. But because I'm used to people or thinking people don't like me. Yeah. um, That's my go-to. And then the the place is like we create results in our life, whether, you know, every action has an opposite reaction. So they say in physics, it's somebody's a jerk to you. And if you have this belief that people, something's wrong with you or people don't like you. And then so that maybe that makes you shut down or lash out. And that part is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Right? So, Absolutely. you know, you're shutting down means that you're really not heard. (laughs) Your lashing out also probably means that you're not heard because people are just going to ignore you because they think you're emotional. And so that part is your responsibility. And we think about creating a better life for ourselves. It is about taking responsibility for what we can take care of, which is ourself. We can't, right? We've already established we can't control everybody else. No, and, and, you know, I can't say anything. I mean, there's the, uh, the old Amanda is still like in there in the sense I want to either sarcastically smile and say, Hey, hi. Or is there a reason you're, you've walked past me for three years and never said a word, but even me saying that now to you, like the energy it takes. Yeah. And now I just, I don't even look at him. I just keep walking by. I try to make sure my body language isn't hostile. Cause I know I can, 
could come right. across that way, but it takes too much. Yeah. Energy. And, you know, as you and I now have learned, I mean, a lot of this just is awareness people don't have in everyday life. Yeah, that's very true. So Amanda, how is it that people get in touch with you? I'm going to ask you one more question after this, but how is it that people get in touch with you, work with you so they can start to navigate these toxic, dysfunctional relationships in their life in a more empowered way? I'm on Instagram and Facebook uh, under Amanda Kirkland coach. My website is amandakirkland.com. Um, I have an ebook. I think you've got it linked in the notes here Four secrets. Strong, gritty women need to know to rise above toxic relationships. And then in brackets without hundreds of hours of therapy. <laughs> um, if you register on my website, there's, you'll get a PDF download of the book. There's also a link to it on my Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. And for those of you that are looking for greater career empowerment to navigate in a powerful way in your career so that you can get ahead, that you can be that successful person that you've always wanted to be, get those raises, those promotions, and show up as yourself, right? Not having to be fake, not having to work a million hours. If you are looking for that, book a call with me. Let's have a conversation and see if what I have to offer is the right thing to help you. And you can do that at elevatebookacall.com. And if you're not driving, <laughs> stop open up a browser, type in elevatebookacall.com or amandakirkland.com and get in touch with one of us for whatever it is that you need, whatever it is that you're struggling. Even if you're not sure, diving in and having a conversation helps clarify a lot of what might be going on and help give you the right path to get over some of this stuff, to make sure that you feel supported, like people have your back, so that you are appreciated, that what you do, what you say matters. So Amanda, I do have one last question. Now you said, you said earlier that you would tell your, what you would tell your 16 year old self, but what about that woman who was, doing really well in her career. And, you know, as I think a lot of people out there at this point where they think everything is okay, they don't even realize that life could be way better than it is. What would you tell that woman or the people that are in that place? What would be the advice you would give them? Well, as you know, being a solopreneur has its uh, ups and downs. And this just goes from personal personal development too. If you've even, you know, if you're watching this, you're already walking down the path of being interested in, you know, making some changes in your life. I hit walls, as I'm sure you do, where I'm like, what am I doing? This is hard. And am I going down the wrong path? And somebody I was on with a while ago typed into the chat one day, I mean, to do some joy stacking. And I'm like, 
Joyce stacking. What's that? And she's like, basically just get a piece of paper and write down like a, whatever comes to mind that wasn't in your life or happening in this present moment. And I did it while the call was going on. And I'm like, I've got three new clients I'm working with. I've booked six podcasts. I'm living with someone. I've just had a been to two new women's networking groups. And I was like, oh, I wasn't doing that six months ago. Yeah. So I'm like, keep putting one foot in front of the other. And like I said, that's with either our solopreneur coaching journeys or with your own personal growth journey. I mean, when you hit those walls and you revert to old behavior, the fact that you're even realizing that is something to celebrate. Yes. Joy stacking. I love that so much. It's like, it's also another way to show yourself how your cup is full instead of how you're in this place of lack. And, and scarcity, so, yeah. Yeah. As we continue to move forward, I think one of the most, like people always talk about gratitude, 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 but that really is a way to just show you how you're full and how rich your life is. Because when you're focused on that, it's easy to create more of that. When you're focused on how everything is going wrong in your life, you unconsciously bring up the emotions that create the decisions that <laughs> create more of that wrong crap. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. I love the, to leave this on the joy stacking tip. Yeah, you can, you can Google it. There's different ways of doing it. That's just kind of my yeah. simple way of explaining it, but I it love it. I've, I've done it. A f I've done it probably three or four times now in the last few months when I hit a bit of a wall or my own resistance. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing in this conversation, sharing your story, sharing your wisdom. I'm so happy you're out in the world, helping people move through these toxic relationships. You know, it's the more empowered we become, the more we can create. So thank you for sharing your wisdom and your story thank with you us today. Your, your, your time and holding space for me to tell a bit of my story and what I do and why I do it. Yeah. Awesome. And remember everybody, when we feel good about who we are and what we do, we elevate and evolve humanity. I will see you all next time on Be The Wolf. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be The Wolf. Please take a moment to rate, share, and follow this podcast so that together we can inspire others to be the wolf.